Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by Berkshire Hathaway. We just called Berkshire, and said. Can we have some money? We filled out a form and now we've got money. Plain and simple. But if anyone asks the anecdotal experience is a non-for-profit organization that provides clean clothes for veterans with dirty clothes. Today, on the Anecdotal Experience Podcast. Hey, it's good you're here. I'm glad you're here. Subscribe. Have you subscribed on iTunes? Man, I, I need to self-promote more. Today's guests, Kevin Reed and Bobby Grayson. Kevin Reed talks about the woes of being a poor dad. I think it's pretty interesting. New experience for him. What's it like being a poor dad during the holidays? Trying to hook your kids up with some cool-ass gifts, but you ain't got no money. Then Bobby Grayson is the second part, and uh, I knew this dude. It, it, he he was totally infatuated with this girl. I called him or I texted him a year later, and it had fell through. And I wanted to know what happened. What happens when you're totally in love with someone? You talk about them all the time, and then and then it, where does it go? How does it go south? Well, Bobby's gonna give some words of wisdom how not to fuck it up like he did. All right, let's have this fun-ass episode with my homies, Kevin and Bobby. Hey, a poor dad is somebody who doesn't have the funds to do what he wants to do for his children. Okay. Um... You know, it's, it's, it's poverty-stricken, but it's like I'm still feeding my kids, not like they're homeless or hungry, you know. Um, but a poor dad's the one who has to see his kids open one or two gifts on Christmas because he can't get them three, four, or five. He can't fill the Christmas tree like all his friends' pictures on Facebook or the trees underneath all of it. And it's like he's got to make a decision. Does he want to spend a few extra dollars to fill their stockings up with top-of-the-line candy, or does he want to make sure that, you know, he's going to eat tomorrow, too? Interesting. Okay. Um, so, do your, do your kids... Okay, first of all, why are you a poor dad? Um, be honest, and I, I don't care to blast anything. Be honest, uh, for the past three months, I was working for a... Uh, at home telemarketing company based out of Cincinnati. They used to have an office, but now it's all at home. And after about two months of keep leading me on, saying his clients weren't paying, his clients weren't paying, I finally just stopped working for him, realizing he was a scam artist and had to actually uh, go down to file papers with the city of Cincinnati to get a free law, free lawyer, um, and I'm in the process of suing him because he owes me like $2,700. So... Because of this guy, I haven't been paid for two months, and um, kind of the worst time to do it. Okay, do your do, do how old are your kids? I have a fifteen-year-old daughter. I have a twelve-year-old, almost thirteen-year-old daughter, and then my son is ten. Okay, and do they see you? Do they do? Do you think they think you're a poor dad? Like, do they notice it? Or are they just like, oh, that's? Do they? Is this in your head, or do you think? That they are like, yeah, dad, has, dad doesn't have I money. I don't think they see it as me being a poor dad, but I, they definitely see the situation. Um, my 15-year-old daughter is just 
really upset. Her birthday was in October, and, you know, some of my family gave her money, and she just doesn't want to use her money to buy her anything because she knows her brother and sister aren't getting much for Christmas. So I don't think they would see me as a poor dad or us as poor parents, but definitely aware of the situation because in the past, we've had really, really good Christmases. Oh, so uh, this is new to you. you I don't think they blame me whatsoever at all. They wouldn't wouldn't blame me. It's just more of a disappointment. Okay, so this this is a new experience for you. Yes. All right. Uh, so this, like, last year Christmas was pretty dope, and you got your treated your kids right. And yeah, it it started going on the downfall last year, but last year we had a good Christmas. So okay. Um, and this year we were doing good throughout the year. I mean, we had good birthdays and everything was going good, but starting October everything kind of went downhill to the point where. Um, you know, I'll swallow my pride. I don't have to try to act like I'm better than I am, but we actually had a uh, donated Thanksgiving dinner that we had this year. So um, because of that, you know, and obviously the kids saw that because they were here when the church brought over the thing, the turkeys and the turkey and the dressing and everything. So they know, hey, somebody brought us this for Thanksgiving where we usually go over and buy it ourselves. So... Um, so yeah, that's the first year I've had to do that. So what's the, um, has this been like a humbling experience? Like how has it been for you? Cause it's got a, you know, it's does something to your pride, whether it's good or bad. What's this experience been like in the, and your manhood? Um, you know? It's, it's been rough. Um, I mean, I suffer from bipolar borderline personality disorder, extreme anxiety. And, you know, I've had my bouts with suicide and been in and out of the, um, psychiatric care and mental hospitals for a few years now, real bad. Um, so it's hard, um, but my wife grew up in humble beginnings, um, so she's been by my side and supports me, and um, I was just never used to it because um, of my background and where I grew up, so I just tend to blame myself. So. Um, there's things that, you know, are humbling, like, you know, we still put the tree up, kids made ornaments, different things like that, and we find different things that don't cost money to do. Um, we were donated five tickets to see the musical Annie the other day uh, by my doctor's office, and it was like, okay, well, you know, we have that Christmas memory, so we'll look at it that way. Right. Yeah, it's got to be, how does it affect, because does your wife work? No. Um, in all honesty, my wife should be on disability, but you know that fight. She was born with spinal bifida on her back, so okay. Um, we homeschool, so she does work because she teaches the kids. Um, so, uh, but as far as outside work, no. So, the only money I've got coming in, and, and as you know personally, is if I get any shows that actually pay. And around here, making thirty dollars on a comedy show at Jungle Gym is a uh, a good night. Oh yeah, dude! That was the most money I've ever made doing comedy. Was that no, no, that's not true. But pretty, it's the second most. The most I made, I made it was one hundred and seventy dollars. I hosted a show, so hey, that's huge, buddy. Right, right. Well, that's uh, you know we've got things to look at. Good, I don't know if you know because you moved out, but um, I actually put on a benefit to raise money for mental health. 
Oh, good for you, uh, man. Put it on myself. I had celebrity involvement from Grammy singer L. King to UFC legend Rich Flo- uh, Florian. We had um, Cam Awesome, a professional boxer, and just a lot of people reached out and helped out and made videos, donated stuff for door prizes. So I'll look at these past few months that, okay, I was out of a job where a guy wasn't paying me, but hey, you know, look what I did. I did put this on and we did good, so. Okay, so you're feeling fulfilled. What's that? Are you feeling, even though you're not working and you're not, you know, bringing home the money you used to bring home, that right, makes no, you I, feel. I mean, it, it sounds crazy, um, but I'm, I'm one of those guys who I'm looking every day for a job for a few hours, and then I start doing the things that a lot of people say are scams, but they're really not, like the inbox dollars and the surveys for money, and I mean, I'm on those all day trying to do anything to make online money, you know, to make some kind of money. Because right. looking for jobs is great, and you may get hired, but I need something guaranteed, so if I can sit for three hours and do surveys about food and make $30, then why not do it, you know? Yeah. Okay. But... And I did all email people. Um, I like to play around with Photoshop and digital art and stuff like that. So I do email people saying, you know, if your church or if your group or anybody needs flyers made or anything, I would be more than happy to make them and turn for, you know, either a grocery card or something to help us get by. Yeah, you got to be, you got to have ingenuity. Right. And I've had people where I tell them, you know, I hate to ask you, um, but is there anything I can do? And I do kind of get a little humble when they tell me, you know, it's not a horrible thing you're asking. You're just a dad wanting to take care of your kids. So quit looking at it as a bad thing. So. Yeah, dude, you know what? It's it's pride. It's, uh, you know, and you, you gotta, there's a thing you gotta sacrifice when you say like, dude, I don't really care about my appearances. I just need, my kids need fed. You know, my kids need Christmas presents and I'll, you know, I'll offer whatever. I'll offer whatever services. I'll, you know, you're getting out there, man. You're doing it. Right, and, and, and I've gotta just keep my eyes on as long as I'm taking care of my kids because, what makes it hard for me to go out and get a job is I don't have a car at the moment. So, you know, when we're getting groceries, we walk across the street to Aldi where they built a new Aldi. We walk 10, 15 minutes down the road to Walmart or Kroger. So I have to walk everywhere. So it's, you know, not easy to find a job. That's kind of why we're, that's why in my head I keep saying 2018 is going to be my year because I know with tax money we'll be able to get a car and be able to get back on your feet. So, yeah. I look at it as just a speed bump in the road, but the speed bump sucks when it's around the holidays. Yeah, man, that's what it is. And then once you can, and that's what we got to do. I think societally, what we got to do is help people get ahead, get them that car, get them Wi-Fi, get them what they need, get education so that you can, you know, you can turn it, you can turn it in a direction turn your trajectory up and really take off. Cause when you're, you know, when you're getting pounded with bills after bills and you're walking everywhere, you don't have the ability to better yourself and find a new job. You know what I mean? You can't apply for new jobs. You got to do surveys, you know, because you need to get, like you said, guaranteed money. Right. And, and, you know, and when they got to that point where you looked at the calendar and it was like, oh my gosh, Christmas is two and a half weeks away and we don't have anything, what are you going to do? If I found a job the next day, I'm probably not going to get paid by Christmas, you know? 
Right. Then you're so in, I yeah. kind of, you know, I, I just kind of look at everything, uh, you know, a little bit better. And and I'll, I'll do what I have to do. I mean, right. I'm online every day looking for free coupons for pizzas or free things to do with the kids, you know. Um, but I've always kind of been, like, frugal with that because we've never been well above our means. Um, but one thing that really gets me, and most people probably think I'm crazy for this, but... When I watch, I'm a big sports guy, and when I watch these great athletes from LeBron and basketball to Addison Russell and baseball, when I watch all some of my favorite athletes, I'm always amazed at one point when they're talking, they say something like, I remember when I lived in that one-bedroom apartment with my four brothers, and we didn't have running water and went weeks without electricity, and that yeah. made me a stronger person. So a lot of times I vision in my mind these struggles, even though it hurts the kids, um, it makes me wonder if they're like learning from it, you know, and be something that maybe be their testimony later on. Absolutely. Dude. I think they're going to, they're going to be grateful, you know, if anything, they're going to be grateful for when they're, when they got it, you know what I mean? They're going to know where they came from and life's not always easy. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've, I've had a, a couple people, um, in, in the comedy circle that, you know, I've kind of been trust with my story and they know me and, you know, um, one got the kids gifts, the others helped out. And it's like, you know, that's really cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so they'll have something to open, you know, it's not like nothing. Right. Um, but it's just one of those things where it's nice that somebody gives you a gift to get to your kids. But when you sit back, it's kind of like, I'm glad my kids have something, but man, it would have been nice to give them something they really wanted or something that I got for them. Right. And that, so that, that's, that's yeah. where you take that, um, that maybe I didn't do it on my own. Um, when really, I don't know if that's just my ego or my battle with mental illness or what it is. Like, I know I should be just more glad that they have something instead of where it came from and who it came from. Um, but for me, it's, I really wish it was me to be able to give them everything they wanted. Yeah, that's, that's it, man. It's uh, ultimately what needs to happen is happening because your kids are getting gifts. They got something to open. Um, and in time, dude, in time, you'll be getting the, you'll be paying for those gifts, man. And that, that'll be, that'll be beneficial to you. But for the time being, it's pretty awesome that your kids are going to be opening gifts, you know, and that people looked out for you and took care of you, man. And, and a lot of it, and like I said, we keep a lot of our lives private from everybody, but a lot of it, what really hurts most is, like, I can remember two Christmases ago and then every Christmas before that, that we used to get 50 to 100 backpacks, and we personally would fill them up with crackers and socks and blankets, and then my wife, myself, and my three kids would hit the streets of Cincinnati, and we would pass it out. Um... We during the, we would make sandwiches and bring them down. Like we've always been there to help the homeless. Yeah. And then when you're struggling, looking at your bills, wondering how you're going to pay this, how you're going to pay that, and you're closer to the homeless than you've ever been, it's kind of like wow, you know. There we were three years ago on the streets every night of the week helping, and now here we are doing our best to make sure we're not there. And that's been a very very humbling thought. Yeah. Wow, man. Well, yeah, it'll, you know, th- life goes in cycles, man. 
and yeah. you can't. There's yeah, no I guarantees. Did, I did a uh, I did a show at Motor maybe about four months ago, and I joked that I was there for the electricity. And other than a couple comics, um, I was being honest. I was joking around saying I was the homeless comic, but most people laughed and thought I was doing a great bit, but they didn't know that my wife and kids were at her mom's and I literally came home and slept with no electricity. Wow. You know, but I still went out. I still, you know, did open mics and, uh, you know, when I did the joke of saying I was a homeless comic and then when some people wondered if I was telling the truth or not and they bought me beers, I didn't complain. (laughs) Yeah, no, dude. Yeah, there's, don't let... Don't let your pride get in the way of anything, whether it's gifts for your kids or free beers, man. Right, and, that, and that's my problem, to be honest with you. Joey. That's, that's my biggest problem is sometimes I do let my pride get in the way. We all do. It's just like my wife is like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm glad we don't have to worry about kids getting anything this year. And I'm like, well, I really wish I could get you something. And she's, I mean, she kind of breaks me down. She's like, I don't need anything, you know? No matter how you're doing it, the kid's got something to open. I'm happy, and but it's just, me being that male and that pride, like I'm that caveman instinct where I have to support the family. I've got to be that guy on TV who the kids come down the stairs Christmas morning and there's so many presents they don't know where to start, you know? Yeah. Um, but my oldest daughter keeps me humble. She just, as long as the Christmas tradition for her, because every year on Christmas morning, we have cinnamon rolls. Nice. So she was in here one night in our room and she was literally in tears wondering if we're going to have any Christmas. And I started talking to her and she says, I'm just worried we're not going to be able to do the cinnamon rolls we do every Christmas morning. So to be honest, today we went to the store and we brought home the cinnamon rolls. And it was kind of like this little, as much as it's a dollar twenty-four for a thing of cinnamon rolls, it was a huge victory with me. You know, to yeah. look at her and say, okay, are you happy now? We're having the cinnamon rolls. So you don't have to be have anxiety about it. So we'll, we'll look at those small things as victories, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Do you, I want to, before we, before we're done, I want to ask you what type of, do you get fulfillment from doing, cause you know, I mean, I've been in situations like you've been in before and it, like you said, it is damaging to your ego. How does do, cause you're, I mean, you're new into standup comedy. How does doing that affect your ego? Is it helpful? Like you said, you did the benefit and I'm sure that was, that can give a guy a lot of purpose and a lot of you feeling good if he's doing something for someone else. So stand up in general, how does that affect your overall ego? Um, I, you know, that's a tough one just because of what I deal with mentally. Like I don't, I'm a very different breed. Um, and, and I think with, when I do, when I'm out there doing comedy and I'm, I'm on stage or anything, I'm, I'm honestly 100% doing it for me, for mental therapy. Um, people laugh and it gives me satisfaction. It gives me like acceptance because I've got this really horrible narcissistic thing where I need to be accepted. Um, so comedy does that for me. Um, but the only true fulfillment, like, and I'm in, and I know it sounds crazy and cliche, but the only true fulfillment I ever have in my life, I'm like, I'm really fulfilled, is like when my kids are completely happy and my wife's completely happy and there's no want in the house. And it, it, it could be a day. Even if we don't have no money, if for some reason that day 
we got enough money to have Taco Tuesday, and everybody had tacos, and our cable didn't get shut off, and we got to watch a show everybody wanted, and we played a board game, and I go to bed, and with no worries of what tomorrow's going to bring, that's the only full fulfillment I ever get. Yeah. Um, so with me, and also, like, like I'll go to bed at night thinking, okay, I know my kids got at least one good throw under the tree. I know I'm good until after Christmas with the rest of my bills. I've already talked to them. I've already put things off. But as soon as maybe about four in the morning hits, something will just trigger my mind thinking something's going to go wrong, you know? Yeah. 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 It's hard to enjoy those moments, right? Right. It, it, it's very hard. It's, you know, I, I take medicine for it. I wish I didn't have to, but... Um, <laughs> Sometimes the medicine has to sit because you got to worry about feeding your family before you can afford to get the medicine. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't easy, man. Whatever helps, yeah, and, and my wife can tell. Like, the, the one medicine I do have to get, and I always make sure I got help getting it, um, I have to take it three times a day, and if I forget to take it that second time within an hour of when I was supposed to take it, my wife will look at me and be like, you know, you're getting a little agitated, a little grumpy with kids. Um, have you taken your pill? Like that's how uh, bad I need it. If I miss it, people can tell. Really? What a can you? What a what is it? It's what's crazy is if people look it up, it's called Tegretol, okay. and it was used in the fifties and sixties for mental health. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it was used for people who had shock therapy. So in the seventies. You never saw it for mental health again. It was only used for seizures. All okay. the way till today, it's used for seizures. But I had this little Russian doctor on one of my extended saves in the mental hospital who said, I want to try this with you because it proven work back then and it can still be used, but people don't. And um, it's really been the only thing that's ever worked. Interesting. I mean, it's effective. It's, uh, it's Tegretol. I take it three times a day and it's, Basically, for mood stabilizing, um, it also helps with seizures, but I don't have seizures. Because I was tried on many different medicines, and the only one that ever kept me non-suicidal was a medicine called Latuda. However, it made me homicidal. Oh, that's, uh, okay. Wow, so. so. I, I took it for two days, and that was it. What, you wanted to kill people? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Like, there's no being around the bush about it. I'm not going to try to hide it or mask it, but I wasn't in this depressed stage where I wanted to hurt myself. I was in this anger stage where I wanted to kill other people. Wow, dude. That's yeah. fascinating. Straight, who'd you want to kill? Just, like, randos or, like, your fam? Uh, no, it wasn't random. I, like, didn't want to go on a killing mission. Um, but people who have wronged me in the past, if I would have ran into them, it may not have been good. It was that bad. Like, Whoa. I wasn't developing a hit list or getting guns or anything like that, but I was just so angry yeah. that if it would have been a situation I would have saw them, it probably would have been really bad. That's Wow. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you found a medication that neither makes you suicidal or homicidal, man. Yeah, it's, it's good. You still get it, you know, because... Yeah, for sure. I'm one of those guys who at three in the morning, I'm going to watch a YouTube video and maybe it's going to be about a kid who's so excited his dad of a soldier surprised him at school. Uh, then the next thing you know, I go through this rabbit hole of YouTube where I'm watching all these videos and I'm crying uncontrollably and 
starting to be like, wow, these are great dads, and I'm such an asshole of a dad, and the next thing you know, it's a depression mode, and yeah. it's really bad at 3 or 4 in the morning because I don't want to wake my family up. And I don't really have anyone to talk to, and then if I go on Facebook, my friends who I could talk to usually are probably leaving the comedy club or the bar by 4 in the morning. We know how most most comedians are at 3 and 4 in the morning. So it's just like there's no one to reach out to. So all I do is just kind of just like focus on the bad shit. Yeah, you got to, and I I mean, I'm, I've get, I get that too. And what you got to do is you got to know what your triggers are, man. You got to avoid them. You got, you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? I know what websites that I go to that will trigger that negative mental state. You know, I know what thoughts to have. I know what will, I know what it's going to do. Uh, and once you get into it, you, it's hard to kick yourself out of it and, and not think about it. So I know I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch these videos of soldiers going and visiting their kids because I know where it goes, man. Yeah, but do you ever get to that point? And, and it's weird with me because sometimes I get to that point where it's just like when I finally force myself off those and I finally just zip up and get away from it. I'm like, did I do Did I go there on purpose? Like, did I go to seek feeling down. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a really weird thing to think about, but it's like, I went on YouTube and I typed in that song knowing that song was going to make me feel low even though I love that song. Ooh, yeah. That's, you're getting into something like self-inflicted pain. Right! Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. what what I... What I used to do, I used to be a part of a group that was like a suicide assistant program, um, but it was like a Facebook group, and they would do things on Facebook, and then anybody who was having really real bad issues, I worked with the Facebook team, um, because a lot of people don't know, if somebody's talking about suicide and you report it to Facebook, they have people that will reach out to them. Oh, really? Um, same with Twitter and stuff. So I was talking to people, and trying to get them out of that suicide of stage and that would help me um but however that group went a whole different way and i've tried to start a couple groups and it's just it's not easy that group already had like you know a hundred thousand followers it wasn't easy to start one hmm. um and a lot of times i'll work and i there are some people that i'm friends with that have a lot of issues and if they reach out to me in the middle of the night i'm good because i can talk to them yeah. You know, and I feel really good helping other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, you know, those people aren't on or, you know, a lot of times I'll look on Facebook and I'll just be seeing how, especially now, I try not to go on late at night because I just see everybody talking about how great Christmas shopping was, how they did this, how they did that. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, my kids still got an Xbox 360 that barely works. And, you know, thank God he doesn't have Facebook to see this. Because he's 10 and... Um, we're still working on, my wife and I are pretty sure, and we're still waiting on different doctors and stuff that he's on the autism spectrum. Um, so even though my son is 10, he's a little far behind. So he's still one of those kids who Christmas is really important to him, you know? Right. And he doesn't believe in Santa, but he also, I don't think understands that if you don't have a lot of money, we're not getting a lot of stuff. Right. And I can't be mad at him. I can't, you know, I want, and, and sometimes if I'm not in a great mood, I want to be like, don't you get it? You know, don't you get that we're struggling? You know, and you're asking for this, this, and this, and this. And then I have to stop and say, yeah, but when I was 10, I asked for this, 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 and this, and more. 
And even though my family was well off, I was still asking for nicer things that I needed. Yeah. So that's a rough one for me just because, you know, I've got to realize they are kids and every kid in the world looks forward to Christmas. Yeah. Yep. They do. And there's nothing, you know, that's the way they are. And that's nothing you can do about that. You can't. And it's I, e- it's easy. Make yeah. Christmas like February 23rd, like so they know tax checks are coming. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I was, but I, I'm also looking at the future. My wife and I were walking home from the store the other day, and I said to her, I was like, you know what we need to do? As soon as we start working or whatever happens, we need to start buying gift cards um, every paycheck and just lock them up. So if something happens, we have something saved up for Christmas. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about buying gifts, but if you buy gifts, your gifts change your mind a hundred times. Right. But and if I just put money in the bank, then to me, you know, there's money in the bank. I'll use 10 this week and I'll, I'll pay it back next week, you know? Right. So if I just buy gift cards and lock them up and just put my kids' names on them so I don't touch them, then, you know, maybe the struggle won't be so hard every Christmas. So, yeah. you know, I'm still making plans and everything. And I'm wanting to, you know, I have a friend who does internet radio here and, um, trying to find different ways to help monetize it and, you know, make some money off it, start my own podcast. So I'm not giving up. I'm, yeah, I still got a lot of plans in the works. Well, cool, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's a smart idea and I'm glad you're excited about things and, um, well, yeah, well, you have to be, man. If you don't you have anything to. to look forward to, you know, I mean, 100%. Only other, other than that, the only thing I got to look into is net neutrality. So that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. We're not going to go there. No, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's been uh, it's been good talking to you, man. Uh, we'll have to we'll do this if you get. An, I know there's a couple other ideas that you have too. Um, just hit me up whenever you want to do this, man. Yeah, for sure, man. It's great talking to you. I, I miss you. I know it was one week. Hey, when you get time, come over to the house and studio, and we'll get on the show. And then yep. two weeks later, I'm like, oh, he's not here anymore. Yep. Yeah, dude, that happened with a bunch of people. I felt bad. I was like, I, I told so many people, I'm like, yeah, dude, we're going to do this. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, that I made that realization. You know, when you realize you're like, oh, I'm, I have two other, it's not happening, you know? Right, right. I get it. I mean, it's just a blink of an eye, you're here for a day and it feels like a week or you're here for a week and it feels like 10 years. But yeah, man, I, I wish you the best in everything you're doing. It's, it's amazing. And I just, I look forward to the videos. Oh yeah, dude. I love commercials, man. I love doing those. Well, if I'm if I'm back in town though, uh, which I, I think I might be there in the spring, uh, we'll definitely do an episode, man. Full on. Yeah, hit me up, man. If you need, you know, if you need to couch or anything, lay on. Let me know. All right, sounds good, dude. Best of luck, man. All right, thanks, sir. All right, yeah. take it easy, buddy. Okay. Well, there you go. What was it being a poor dad? What's it like having your your masculinity, your pride attached to how much money you make and how much you can provide for your family? There you go. Now you understand. Next, Bobby Grayson. Bobby was dating a girl who's living in Nashville, uh, super infatuated with this girl, but then uh, checked out emotionally. Bobby's not the most self-aware guy, and he kind of became oblivious to his girlfriend's emotions. I think that's all the backstory you need, but you're gonna learn like lessons that Bobby learned. And he seems to be in a better place than when I knew him. 
So it's all good. Learn some lessons from Bobby Grayson. All right, let's do it. Um, mainly, I think a good one will be, cause I talked to you a little bit and I really wanna know, I'm like, what, what went wrong there? Cause I remember you were like head over heels for this girl. Cause before you were like crazy fuck monster. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I found the love of my life. And you were infatuated and then you moved to Nashville. And then I I texted you and you were like, yeah, it went south. And you told me. Yeah, so like, so like basically, I mean, she is, to stay out testify, like one of the most amazing, wonderful human beings I've ever met. We'll call her Nixon. Uh, for ease of reference, because whenever I sent her flowers, I went to say they were from Richard Nixon, and they were a thank you for her contribution to our campaign. <laughs> but, uh, but but no, so like it, it was an amazing relationship. She was like the most wonderful person. Like helped me grow a ton. Like basically made me realize like oh wait, if you put like rainbows and unicorns out, like shit just goes like generally good. And and that was like a super dope revelation for me. But uh, after my mom passed away, I I had some, like, old shit in my head combined with, like, dealing with that and internalizing things where I just put, like, way too much on her. And she wasn't happy anymore and, like, rightfully so left me. So, I mean, that was really bad. Like, I, I wish her the best and I'll always root for her. But, like, I basically just fucked it up. Specifically, though, specifically, like, what type of things did you do that drove her away? What made her say... I don't want to do, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Like, how did you, what was the mistake, man? Oh, just, man? like, being, like, an angry, like, kind of detached person internally that's, like, there but not really. And, like, slowly but surely, like, it wasn't an exponential curve. It was, like, this logarithmic one where, like, I slowly just became, like, a blob that was, like, barely really a person. Like, I was just there. You're just emotionally unavailable? Yeah, yeah, like, completely. What, what, and what? Meanwhile, she is like being the most supportive person that you could ever like have by your side, which obviously you can see how this, this slowly derails. She just gave and gave and you just didn't give anything back. Yes, exactly. Why, why not? Because I was just like fucked up in my head. Yeah. How so? What, what were your thoughts like? Well, it was just, like, every single day was just, like, going. Like, that was it. It was just, like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Like, I have... Every, like, the thing is, is, like, I mean, you and I, we're fucking software engineers. Like, we do well enough that, we, like, we don't have, like, real problems, right? Like, if something goes pretty wrong, like, generally you can solve it without, like, having to worry about shit for several months or something. So, like, I just... There's this place where, like, I could get by... I had this like place that I lived in that was pretty nice and I could stare at these buildings that had lights and and just like coast like I basically it was just like I can function at what I do for my job and just like I just floated like, that was it and then it was like around August I decided like maybe I should actually uh, like contemplate the last 18 months of happenings because there's kind of a lot to process there. So what were you avoiding? What were you, what were you just depressed because you missed your mother? 
Oh, I, it wasn't even missing my mom. It was more so just like avoiding the reality that you know, like I I function on constant. Like I've watched the movie A Few Good Men over a hundred and fifty times. Like I function on constant. So like this constant had changed, right? Like twenty odd years of like yo, know, you got mom, and now it's like you don't. And I'm like, oh fuck, this is a new constant. And so so it was just like. This, this slow adaptation where it wasn't, it was like there wasn't going to be some gradual transition. It was like there was an on and off switch. And, and to make the, the switch go on took destroying the most awesome relationship I could have ever like wished up and, and, uh, realizing I really, really fucking hated the job I was at. So you and just weren't just, oh shit, I should have a real plan. Okay, so I, I guess I'm always wondering how this, um, so that's how you dealt with the constant not changing, is you just shut down. But what, I mean, you had to have seen the relationship going wrong, and you, and did you feel bad? Oh, did you, you know, feel I like didn't, you, I didn't until, like, three days before oh. it, like, really happened. And the, this is, like, the most interesting point of it all to my therapist. Um, I, I'm, I mean, you know that I'm a socially oblivious guy. I had to sit in a pod near you for, for a few months at least. Yes, um, you are. So, so that, yeah, like that, that. Like See, we're, we're talking like, like turtle working from home inside of a shell that he built in a shell. Gotcha. So you didn't, you were oblivious to the fact that, oh, my girlfriend is not getting her emotional support and her emotional needs met. You didn't know this. Yeah, which is, like, absolutely terrible, right? Like, no fucking wonder she she left me, like, good on her. <laughs> well, she should have, I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, I, I understand where you stand on um, the current situation, but in reality, I mean, you got to speak up if you're in a relationship and you feel like you're being ignored and you feel like your needs aren't being met. Did she ever come forward and say like, Hey, Bobby, I need a boyfriend. Well, no, she could have communicated more too, but I was so shut off that like, I mean, she just felt like she couldn't even with how much she was giving. I guess I can't speak for her. Obviously, right. That's my best inference. I, we, we, we haven't really talked about the end of the, the whole thing, so so I don't I don't have any like quantifiable information from her. Like we, we, we have talked, just not on that topic. So so yeah, I don't I don't know if I necessarily am looking forward to or want to or know if that conversation will ever happen. But but I have no information on that level. Okay, so it was just before you knew it. It was all of a sudden. You realized, what, three days before, you said, before she broke it off? Yeah, there was, like, this 72-hour window where I was like, oh, this shit's thinking, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. That So maybe, I don't know, did she, like, make it clear to you 72 hours before? Just, like, is was there some no, sort of... No, no, it was, it was not made clear until, like, the moment of, but... And then when I when I had asked, she was like, "No, that's not the case." And then then it was the case. Oh wow! It, it, I, yeah, so I, I don't, I'm not gonna like try to infer into the logic there. It was it was difficult for all parties involved. Yeah. So, so what what's the lesson? 
because now I'm gonna say for the listeners right now, you like the this conversation that I'm having with you. I've never had such an earnest conversation, and you're a different person than than I knew before. So I want to know like what is this lesson that you you learned? You know what what should people know? The whole lesson that I learned is that you should just be honest about yourself and put, like, as many rainbows and unicorns out as you can, and shit will go well. If I would have done that, like, she had, like, tried to just, like, put out, and I had kind of learned for so much before, like, shit would have gone so much better. I actually got a tattoo a couple days ago on my right wrist of just this little smiley face, and it's super dope, because when I look down, I see a smile. And now, if I wave at someone with my right hand, my hand's, like, kind of smiling at them. And if they notice it, maybe it'll make their day a little better. But, like, basically, the lesson learned is that you should fucking put rainbows and unicorns in the universe, even if you think that sounds cheesy and dumb as shit. Because it'll just make things go well. Just be positive. And the, like, like more than positive, you have full-on rainbows and unicorns because that's how you actually change something. Yeah. Like, if you're just positive, then you can like just make the, the the best of the negative. But if you go full rainbow and unicorn, you you stab the negative with the unicorn's horn and travel on a rainbow to a better place. That's the key. That's that's awesome, dude. I'm not even. I'm not even like humoring you. I get what you're saying. And you're saying that your girl, she was always putting out the unicorns and rainbows and just giving and giving and saying like, isn't life beautiful? Aren't things, isn't. And not just to me, to like everything. And that's like the biggest thing I got out of like the last year and a half of my life. Like that's how I got through the whole mom dying, all the moves. And like, now I'm basically at a point where I'm settled in. I'm like, all right, this isn't a thing anymore, but at least I'm like in a good place and kind of like, feel like maybe I know how to do this thing hopefully yeah so dude that's awesome you like learn you learned man yeah that's why I'm like this is a net good right like I'm not that's why I'm happy like I'm not like obviously I'm bummed because like it's super dope like I legitimately could have like thought that like I could marry this girl for real real and and such have you but but you know such be life and things happen and here we are and here I go is it uh okay you're right such be life but at the same time um is this salvageable is what is the relationship salvageable oh I have no idea I mean I, 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 dude, like, I've lived in, like, six cities in five years and couldn't tell you what will happen in six months or 30 days. Like, her parents got remarried after 10 years apart. I have no clue. And whatever. <laughs> Roll the dice. She's a wonderful person. If she came back into my life, cool. If not, whatever. I don't know. It's too, it's too intangible. <laughs> well, you could, okay, well, it sounds like part of the problem was when you weren't when you were together, a lot of the problem was you weren't communicating how you felt and she wasn't communicating how she felt. So, like you said, you haven't well, really... I speak for her on that level, though, because you only have my perspective, so maybe she was and I totally missed it. So I don't think that... that I don't. I, I think that specific comment isn't really valid. Well, well, then my what I would say is reach out, man. 
re- I mean, you know what I mean? Like, just reach. No, that's the thing, though. Is if, if uh, I, I we, we, the way we've communicated, uh, if I if I knew I had the ground to do that, I would. And I, I, I don't think I do right now, so I won't. Why don't so you? It's, it's like a respect for boundaries that's like super important here too, right? Dude, I cannot believe Bobby Grayson is talking about a respect for boundaries right now. I can't believe I'm hearing those words come out of your mouth, dude. It's unreal. It really, it's crazy. I mean, people don't know our relationship, but that that sentence, you saying that. Joey, I, I want you to, like, in, in whatever summary Joey comes up with, like, just just for background here, like, give give your background of, like, Bobby and Joey's relationship, because I'm incredibly curious to hear that summarized. You, you're a guy, you saying that to me right now, honestly, it was the strangest thing hearing your voice say that, because you were the ultimate guy that didn't pick up on social cues, you didn't know what was going on, you thought, you thought way differently than what everyone else was thinking, and you and you saying this to me, you saying, I want to respect her boundaries and I don't feel like I have, I'm entitled to reach out to her right now, is you being overly cautious of, you know what I mean, of the way you're being perceived, which is completely not Bobby Grayson and the way I knew you. You've overcorrected. Well, well no, I just, I, I just meant like give the context of when you met me. Because I'm curious of, like, your progress of thought from the first day we were, like, at a holiday to, like, you know, I'm, I bounce out here in Cincinnati a bit and end up in L.A. and now I'm in New York, whatever, what have you. Well, you were, you were nuts, man. You were crazy. You were, you were just, you were full-on gung-ho, full all the time. You would cuss in the office all the time. Um, your jacket smelled really bad. Um, you were just like, you were just oblivious to how you were perceived. Yeah, that sounds about right. I heard your cat. Will yeah. you cut it for me? Yep, I will. But I'm like, I'm like double fisting with the mic and the, the phone. But is that what you wanted to hear? Oh no, I was just curious. I didn't really want to hear anything. Well, that's what I'm, when I'm hearing you say this, you're, you have this respect for boundaries that, um, is, it's pretty cool to hear, but I, I do think, I don't know, dude, I, it just sounds like this girl's really important to you, and I just hope that you've done, I hope you've done everything you can to mend it. Well, there hasn't been much I can do. If I get the chance, I will. (laughs) I hope you do, man. I mean, either way, though, either way, you know, women come, go, dudes come, go, I come, go. It's it's people like you said, but you I want to say net positive, man. You sound good. No, like I'm really happy, man. It's like I want. So you want to hear a funny story? Go for it. I won the Craigslist lottery with my apartment in New York. I have you ever heard of a model house? No. So it's a house where they keep models who are only in places for a little bit. Oh, you did tell me and this, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I, I live in a five-bedroom, three-bathroom penthouse, and I have my own private balcony. I sent two emails to find a place in New York. One of them was for a place in the Lower East, but one of them was this, was this one. I was like, it has to be fake. And it just wasn't fake. And it's basically like Zoolander meets the new girl, but it's absolutely amazing. Like, we have six balconies. And my rent went down from what I paid in Nashville. But what I have roommates now, still absolutely dope. <laughs> Well, yeah, dude. The, your, I, I've seen pictures of your apartment. Um, dude, you're so young, too. What are you, like, 25? I'm 25, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're doing right. You're doing all right, man. You're, you learn from your mistakes. You got a good job, like you said. You got a cool-ass apartment. Life's good for you, man. I, I, I only think I can handle this, like, four more months, like, this many humans living in one place. But, like, the view, I'm just like, okay, it, it's worth it till it's warm. Yeah. Like, I gotta get, like, two or three warm months in here that I'm like, okay, out. But, um, yeah, man. Well, what's, okay, you gotta give, I wanna, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna pretend to hang up the phone on you at some point, but then I kind of want to talk to you more privately. But, oh, okay. Um, what's the what's the lesson here for you? If you got to tell people, besides the unicorns and positivity, now what is Bobby Grayson trying to do? What's Wait, the goal? I thought I already gave the lesson. I'm so confused. What's the what's the goal for you now? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish oh, with your life? Oh, my whole my whole goal, man, is I just want to stop selling my time to other humans. Ex- explain that. Well, so like. The, the way I look at it is, like, what, no matter how much money you're making, whatever money you set aside, each of those dollars is, like, a little employee. And if you have enough little employees, they can work for you enough that you don't have to really, like, do things anymore for other people in exchange for money. So, like, if you're not someone who needs fancy things, you can move to New York City and make an absurdly high salary for a little bit and stash your cash, and then go and buy a $60,000 house in a small town in Ohio or Indiana that's outside of the city that you enjoy visiting here and there. And now you you own a place, you don't have rent, and, and, and you can just kind of do the things you want. Can ho- hoard, yeah, hoard the resources, man. Yeah, the main goal is just not, not sell time to other humans. Because, like, the thing is, is you have a finite amount of, of time. The other things are, like, reasonably unlimited. Even currency, literally, because it's fiat currency, not, not, we're not on the gold standard anymore. So, yeah. so yeah, you have a theoretically unlimited amount of currency, but only a finite amount of time. Time's money, man. Not if you get enough money and don't sell your time anymore. Right, but if you hoard money, you hoard time. Well, no, you can just have more money than time at a certain point. Like, look at Jeff Bezos. Dude, that dude couldn't spend his shit. Yeah, dude. Do you want to pretend to hang up on me now, or, like, how should we do this? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll see you later, man. Later, Gator. All right, peace.